Welcome back to the Broad Beta Podcast. We are so happy to have you all with us today. This is your host, Capco. And before we introduce today's guest, I just want to introduce you to India Maxwell. India is another Broad Beta team member. She's been putting out our awesome newsletters and she just stepped up to help me host and produce the podcast. So India is going to introduce our guest today. Our guest for today's episode is Amy Jordan. She'll be reading her story, Painting Myself Out of a Corner, which was published on the Broad Beta website in August of this year. Be sure to check it out to see the beautiful watercolor paintings from her many climbing and ski trips. Amy currently resides in New Mexico, where she works as a hydrologist. She's been climbing for 20 years, and when she's not climbing at her local crag, she's painting, backcountry skiing, baking, or fermenting. Her story is an homage to the silver lining found during a long process of recovery. As you'll hear, when an injury prevents her from climbing, she learns something new and serendipitously discovers a lifetime joy. The rewards and delights she experiences through painting are felt as intensely as sending a project, and through that, she is able to heal. Please join me in welcoming Amy and enjoy her beautiful story. Hi, my name is Amy Jordan, and I'm going to be talking about my experience finding a new way to deal with a particularly bad shoulder injury, which impacted my climbing for about three years. A little bit about myself first. I live in New Mexico, and these days I spend most of my time sport climbing locally at crags that are all pretty close to home. I work as a scientist, so I'm pretty much a weekend warrior. Um, but I've been climbing for a little over 20 years, starting off in the Bay Area as a trad climber and pretty quickly morphing into a sport climber once I discovered how fun that was and uh, and when I finally lived in a place that had excellent sport climbing. I also started backcountry skiing about 17 years ago when I met my partner. Um, and I would say I took to it like a fish takes to land, which is to say flopping about and struggling. But uh, I do really enjoy big tours out in the mountains and uh, maybe not so much the downhill skiing part, but the part about being out there enjoying the experience. So now I bring paints with me when I go skiing with my partners, and I usually set myself up somewhere with a great view of all the lines that other people are skiing. And I enjoy the painting part so much that I'm always disappointed that they don't take longer to ski so that I have more time to paint. I wrote this piece for Broad Beta for two reasons. One is that I've had a lot of injuries in 20 years of climbing, and I didn't deal with them particularly well. Uh, because exercise and joyful hobbies really help our brains so much, it's legitimately depressing to be kept out of them by injury without the outlet that we might be subconsciously using to boost our mood and mental health. So finding a replacement for climbing in watercolor painting and art was really, really helpful to me. And then the second reason, more of an undercurrent to that purpose of talking about dealing with injury in this story, I did want to share a tiny bit about how I got injured, because that is something more people should probably be aware of. But because it's a vaccine-related injury, it's very difficult to talk about it. Uh, I worry that people tend to fall into two camps when I bring it up. And one of the camps is people who already believe that vaccines are dangerous. And to them, my story is like, I knew it more proof that my beliefs are correct. 
And the other camp is people who, like me, are scientists um, or, you know, who, who take stock very heavily in the data and the statistics that vaccines are incredibly safe. And they are. My injury is not proof that anyone should avoid getting vaccines. It's just that the shots have to be administered properly. So the type of injury I sustained, which is called CERVA, is 100% preventable. It's also not controversial in the medical literature. For example, vaccines causing autism is beyond controversial. It's generally not supported, uh, and the papers about it have been retracted. But the type of injury that I sustained to my shoulder because of misadministration of the vaccine is described in many respected medical journal articles and is starting to receive wider acknowledgement. But unfortunately, still too few people, even in the medical community, are aware of the danger to shoulders from injecting too high in the joint. And people getting the shots should be aware of where their own deltoid muscles are and take the time to ask the administrator of the shot to landmark their deltoid properly in order to get the shot into the muscle instead of into the rotator cuff or bursa or hit the bone, which is what happened to me. So those are my reasons for writing this story, that I wanted to give my perspective on a way of dealing with injury that was very fulfilling for me. And also to tell people about Serva, especially women or anyone with a small body stature should be aware that there is a safe zone for vaccine administration and that that safe zone is smaller on smaller people. Climbers should be aware of it to avoid a potentially debilitating injury. And medical practitioners should be aware if they encounter someone who's having it to not be skeptical about it or or close-minded about it or if giving vaccinations is something they do, they should be aware of it. So with that, here's my story, which is called Painting Myself Out of a Corner. I've been climbing for 20 years, but during that time, I've been injured for as many years as healthy. When I'm unable to climb, I descend that spiral of despair that comes from loving a thing too much and having it taken away. In the early days of my latest shoulder injury, which ultimately took three years and two surgeries to repair, in an effort to make me feel better, my husband gamely said, maybe you'll find a silver lining out of this someday. I nodded, but my mind was blazing with disagreement. There would be no silver linings, but I was wrong. Most of my injuries weren't directly caused by climbing, with the exception of the time I was spotting a boulderer and caught an elbow that broke my face. Ironically, that injury didn't set me back for very long. Turns out, you don't really need your face to climb. I also endured a long-term elbow injury from overuse due to a career stint of fieldwork. Following that recovery, I immediately tore my right shoulder labrum laying out for a disc in an Ultimate Frisbee game. I crawled, or maybe I should say flailed and thrutched my way back from these injuries with reasonable patience and by clinging to the hope, the wild belief, that many more of my best climbing years were still ahead of me. But my latest shoulder injury was the worst of them, mentally and physically. I was 36 and no longer felt like I had all the time in the world. The injury wasn't self-inflicted like the ill-conceived frisbee layout, and it came with a lot of anger and uncertainty about my prognosis. It was caused by an incompetent person who misadministered a flu shot too high on my left shoulder, which I now know can lead to severe shoulder injuries, known as shoulder injury related to vaccine administration or CERVA. I immersed myself in medical journals, learning everything I could about shoulder anatomy, and I read everything that had been published about CERVA. I saw multiple orthopedists and doctors because it is very poorly understood how to treat it. 
I tried physical therapy, cortisone shots, acupuncture, massage, and medication. Finally, I flew across the country to see one doctor who had published a paper on it in a respected journal. I didn't know how long I'd be out of climbing, but I could tell it was bad. My shoulder was in nearly constant pain, and the medical literature on Serva wasn't encouraging. For a few weeks after the injury, I passed the time not spent climbing with other diversions. I made a few web pages on subjects that interested me, like snowpack monitoring. I caught up on books and TV. I worked. But I was always asking, what do I do with myself when I'm not climbing? My other injuries, even the protracted ones, felt different, a lot less hopeless than this one. I took up running for a little while and started to enjoy it, but my knees hated it, and I wasn't dedicated enough to get past that. But then something clicked. It was the summer of 2018, and I was looking for anything to pass my free time. I opened the continuing education catalog for our local community college and flipped through the art classes. Here was one that could work, plein air pastels. I signed up, bought a box of hard pastels and a cheap easel, and enjoyed the hell out of the class. For the next year, I took those pastels everywhere, out to climbing areas where my friends were climbing, out in the snow, and backpacking in Patagonia. I tagged along on a climbing trip with my husband and friends. But pastels are heavy, and I had only picked them because it was the one class that worked with my schedule. It was watercolors that I really wanted to try. I admired the beautiful work of plein air watercolor painters, and, fortuitously, watercolors are much lighter than pastels for the backcountry. I bought a few tubes of paint, took another class at the community college, and poured myself into learning watercolors. When the pandemic hit, I signed up for painting classes over Zoom. To my surprise, I found that art and climbing have many similarities. Both require courage. You have to go for it. With a paintbrush poised above the paper, maybe halfway through a painting that's going well, you know your next stroke can ruin it and you hesitate. But you can't hesitate forever. It reminds me so much of those moments climbing. You know them. When you're trying to decide to commit to a move, the pump clock is ticking, you're assessing the fall and the consequences, but finally you have to go for it or else there's no way you're getting to the top. Similarly, in art, as well as in climbing, sometimes you send, but often, if you're like me, you don't. It makes the sends feel pretty special. You put in the hours, the training, but when all your hard work leads to that magical moment where you make a painting you love, it floods the brain with the same reward chemicals as sending a climbing project does. Dopamine, I'm guessing. Those are just a couple of the similarities that come to my mind. There are more. It's just astounding to me how similar the feelings and sensations are between the two. Climbing is an addiction and the rewards are in the brain chemistry. And making art generates a surprising amount of those same feelings. It takes the same kind of dedication. It has the same kind of learning curve. And it comes with the same kinds of obsessions over gear. Art is a meditation. It is therapy. It is an avenue for learning and inquiry and a whole way of seeing the world differently. I assume that many possible pursuits could fill this role, playing an instrument, woodworking, sewing, and so on. After a while, I knew that even once I started climbing again, I'd never stop painting. The silver lining of my injury was discovering this great new joy. About six months into the injury, I opted for shoulder surgery. Nothing was improving, and a growing bone marrow edema on my humeral head, as seen on MRIs, concerned my orthopedist. The surgery went well, and I was recovering nicely, and by about a year later, I was climbing 512 and feeling so optimistic that I booked a climbing trip to Spain and Italy for the fall of 2019. But that summer, optimism got the best of me, I overdid it on my still-healing shoulder, 
and it was pretty much back to square one. I went on my climbing trip anyway, and even had some pleasant sends and on-sites, but by the end of the trip, my shoulder was done. I didn't climb again until after I had surgery on the shoulder for a second time in February of 2020, right before the pandemic hit us hard. Social distancing, lockdown, and all that went in with the first few COVID years were well-timed for me as I was able to actually commit to enough rest and recovery to heal properly. I'm very fortunate to be healthy, climbing again, and currently uninjured, but I'm also thankful for the precious silver lining that this injury brought to me, and I feel better prepared mentally to handle injuries in the future. I learned that there are other ways to climb out of a dark place than, well, climbing, and that there are other pursuits that can replicate the high we seek. Painting is much easier on the body, but it is similarly possible to enter blissful flow states and receive the neurochemical rewards. I hope my body gives me many more years of fun on the rocks, but in the case that it doesn't, I know that there are other hobbies that can help fill that void. Anyone can discover a long-buried creative passion, no matter the medium, whether it's painting or any other type of artistic expression, and it can be a hugely positive part of the healing process. Thank you for listening today. We hope you enjoyed the story. Hey, speaking of stories, have you ever thought about sharing your story? We want your story. Yes, you. If you have shared any kind of climbing or skiing adventure as a team of women or gender fluid folks, we'd love to share it with our broad beta community. This is a space for our untold personal journeys, their joys, sorrows, struggles, and epiphanies. For more great content, check us out online at broadbeta.com. Intro music in today's episode is by Holizna Radio and conclusion music is by Rocky Marziano. Thanks for listening today.